Now, how many of you are stressed right now? It's December 3rd. Anybody have their Christmas shopping already done? Show me. You guys are the worst. Super ahead of the game, lame. I can't do it. I don't know. Um, anybody stressed out about buying gifts? Like, it's a stressful thing, right, Justin? It's just stressful. Now, I don't know about you. There's some people in my life that are more stressful than others. Um, anybody, like, who is the most stressful person you have to buy for this year um, or make a gift? Those are always great. You can make a gift, you know. You don't have to buy everything, guys. But if you were to say, like, the most stressful person in your life that you need to get a gift for, who would that be? Um, if you're brave and they're in the room, tell me if, you know, or just let, let me know. Anybody? Who is it? Your wife, okay, I agree, that's a tough one. Sarah's hard to buy for. Um, anybody else? Come on, anybody? Sisters. Sisters, rough, yeah, what's that? Your roommate, okay, aw, that's nice. Your grandma. Yeah, anybody have anybody in their life where it's like, what do you get, the, the, what gift do you get for the person who has everything? Anybody have that person in your life? That's the worst, right? It reminds me of the James series. Um, if you guys haven't been a part of Second Place for a while, we went through the entire book of James for 12 weeks, and we started off by talking about that James is uh, the half-brother of Jesus, is um, by and large thought to have written that book. And, you know, it's difficult when you have a sibling that's favored by, seems to be like a favorite of mom and dad, but, you know, when your brother, your older brother actually walks on water, you know, it's a, it's a challenge, right? Um, but think about this. It makes me think about that. Like, what does James get Jesus for his birthday? You know, it's, he's the son of God. Like, what do you get the guy? Or I don't know about you, but I'm stressed about getting my kids presents, but let alone Mary and Joseph getting Jesus a present. Like, what, is he, what do they get for his birthday? Nobody, nobody ever thought about that, did you? Boom, now you're thinking about it. It's just odd. There you go. He was a carpenter. Get him some, yeah, some lumber or something. I don't know. But my question to you is, what is, what is it that you can bring to God? What gift would you bring to God? And could you bring to God? Uh, some overview of this series, just to give you kind of like a, a, a lay of the land, where we're at, where we're going. This whole series is called Bring It, and it's all about worship. And so in a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about bringing your heart to worship. And so um, the heart of worship is our heart in worship. In a week, next week, we're going to talk about bring your brain. Everybody loves the fact that you don't have to check your brain at the door when you come to church. Yeah? Excited about that? So the, the thought there is thinking can be worship, but overthinking can kill worship. And then um, this week is about bring your best. So give God our first and best and trust him to bless the rest. You guys want to take a picture of that one. That one's a rhyme to, to end all rhymes. I am not a rapper, but hey, it's good. And then last week, it was all about bring you, right? Bring you. Worship is a full body workout. And I got a time out here. I'm not going to apologize. I appreciate you guys coming back after last week's uh, message. You know, some of you are like, whoa, I've never raised my hands before. I've never knelt in worship before. I challenge you guys to to really um, push yourself in that area. Um, but I do know that a few of you came to me and I need to address a few things. Number one, um, somebody came to me and said that, you know, I never really thought about how I worshiped and where my arms were until you like talked about all the different like positions. Like you, know, you got the carry the TV, the widescreen, you know, hold my baby, the goalposts, all that. Um, Simba, the favorite. And so somebody said, like, I literally, as I was singing last week after your message, I found myself doing this, and I'm like, 
I'm doing the goalpost, and everyone knows. And, it, and so she brought her, so she stood there. And I'm like, well, you just need to get over yourself. Like, no, don't worry about it. Um, so that's on you. Um, and then the other thing was, I, I was talking about the students and how I was challenging students on Wednesdays to really think about worship and what they're bringing to it. And the fact that they typically, you know, whenever worship starts, they have an hour and a half before worship, right, where they can go to the bathroom or get a drink of water. But always when worship starts, they go to the bathroom to go get a drink of water. And I tell them, no, you can't go to the bathroom right now. You got, you've had time. You need to worship. Let's go. You can wait. And so last week, some of you were like, well, after my message and worship started, you're like, I really, I really got to use the restroom, but Joe said I can't. So I'm going to have to just like hold on here for a second. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If you need to go to the bathroom, that's fine. Like, just go. Like, just don't worry about it. There's no judgment. I think that's kind of funny, but I was talking about the students. Sometimes when you drink coffee, and you sit for 40 minutes or 30 minutes, you, nature calls. So I get it, right? It's okay. Um, so we've got this idea of worship, that we're bringing something to worship. We're bringing God, us, as last week, today we're talking about bringing God our best. The theme, of the, the theme verses are from Matthew 2, verses 1 and 2. And, um, and here's what I'm going to read, just so you can kind of get your your uh, bearings. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to what? Worship him. So the, this is the idea that they came from a far distance and they came to where Jesus was and they came to worship him. And so my question for this whole series is, how will I move from where I am to where God is. This is the question I want you to wrestle with. We get that God is, a, is omnipresent, God is everywhere, but there is a sense where we think about where is my thinking, where, is, where are my, my feelings, where are my emotions, where are uh, my behaviors, my actions, where's my heart in relationships to where God wants it to be. And so I want you to really wrestle with this question over these weeks to say how will I move from where I am to where God is. And, and this is what it's all about. If you show up every week and you're not moving, man, it is a waste of time. But my prayer is that you would move from wherever you are to be a little bit closer to God. And, um, and so I think, I think that this is um, going to be a very challenging few weeks and a challenging day today as well. We're going to read, um, and we're going to need to pray before I dive in because we're going to do a few things. We're going to have some fun. Is it okay to have fun in church? Are you seriously saying yes? I'm pretty sure that it's okay, and I believe that the way that we're going to unpack this passage today is going to be very memorable for you. So we're going to read, and before I do, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, you know our hearts. No one is here by accident. Let me say that again. No one is here by accident. Everyone here is here on purpose. Whether it's our first time, Lord, or it's many times in a row. Lord, we know, Lord God, that you have orchestrated today. Lord, we need you to help us to leave our baggage at the door. That we would be able to focus on you, your word, your spirit, Lord God, can teach us in the next few minutes. Lord, it's going to be unconventional, but it's okay. It's all good because we're able to unpack some things, to wrestle with some things in a way that's memorable, in a way that, Lord God, could impact us for a lifetime. And I pray, God, that some of us would make a decision um, today for the very first time to offer you our best. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here's a passage. It'll be on the screen. It's Matthew 2, 9 through 11. It says this, after they had heard the king, remember the king is an evil king, King Herod, he knows that this Messiah has been prophesied, this is a threat to his throne, so he is going to make sure that this baby dies. Um, they, after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, everyone say the star. star. Nice, everyone, and then they said that they were overjoyed, everyone say overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures, and they presented him with gifts. Everyone say gifts. Yes. Gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's where we're going to stop. And this is a classic passage. We've heard it many times. This is the whole story of the Magi. By the way, does anybody know the singular version of Magi? Offhand, no, we'll, all right, we'll get to that. Just thought I would check. We'll get to it. Um, this is the classic story where we read it through that they, they're there at King Herod's and they, he says, hey, tell me where, they, where you find him. Let me know where he's at. And after they hear that, they go on their way and the star leads them. They see the star. They're overjoyed to see the star. They get to Mary and Jesus. They bow down to him and they worship him. And then they open up their gifts and they give them to him of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, we don't know how many magi there were, but we know this. We know that they traveled from the east, and we know that they traveled easily 900 miles or more. That's 900 miles without any motorized vehicles. 900 miles is a long way to go. That is not just a quick trip. That is a planned trip. That is a trip that you have to, have to pack supplies with. You have to make sure. And we don't really know how many there were. But we typically think, based on all the nativity sets, that there were how many? Three, right? And there, the reason there were three is because of why? There were three gifts, right? So we just match up a gift for, you know, this magi, I brought that. Okay, so got it. But we don't know for sure. There could have been four, there could have been five, but we do know this, that this was a caravan. I mean, these three guys just didn't like say, hey guys, you want to go? And they, they go. They were in a caravan of people. Dozens probably, maybe even hundreds. You don't know. I mean, it just, they, would, they would bring an entourage with them wherever they would go. And this was, this was a caravan. That's how they traveled back then. And as you think about that, as you think about that, um, I wonder why sometimes we say that there were three. Um, one is the gifts. One is I think it just makes nativity sets a lot easier to set up, right? I mean, because if you have 150 little figurines in the caravan, that's a lot of setting up, right, on the lawn. And the Kids are like, hey, Dad, I've been setting these up for an hour and a half. I'm still going, um, but I need help. Can somebody come out and help me? I mean, I just think that's it. And now the, the gifts that they gave, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, we kind of think like, yeah, those are kind of symbolic in, in some scholarly uh, way, that there's gold was kind of about his kingliness and his kingship, and um, the frankincense was about the priesthood, and then the myrrh was about his death. And these are all interesting things that we've heard about through the, through the Christmas story. And... Um, that's all good stuff, but I think that to really understand where this passage, I think, impacts me and where I think God wants to challenge us in our worship today is we need to do something different. We need to, um, I need about five volunteers to uh, help me out, and I don't talk to anybody. All right, let's go. Come on, guys. Let's go up. You're going to be, um, you got, you're either a magi or a star, you know, so you need to decide. So we got Weston and Donovan. Who are you, Weston? You're going to be the star, all right? And we have one Magi, all right? Let's give it up for these guys. 
super great. Now we still need, yeah, there you go. We need, um, we need Mary and we need two more Magi. And uh, I will outweight you. Okay, Liana, I'm going to make you Mary. All right, good deal. You're doing a great star, man. I like that. We still need two Magi. You can get up on stage if you want. Go ahead. Yeah. All right, Aaron. Yes. All right, you're a Magi. Looking good. We still need one more Magi. Oh, yeah. There we go. Mary, you need to be by Jesus. He's cold. All right. And now the, the passage says that, that they were in a house. Where was Jesus born? Not in a house, right? So you know that he's probably a little older. He's probably a toddler. But that's just pretend that's a toddler Jesus, all right? That's what, yeah, there you go. All right, Stephen. He is another magi. Great. All right, so here's the deal. Um, probably going to need to hear you. Uh, basically, this is what just happened. I read the passage. I then paraphrased it at least twice. So you've heard it three times. And now you're going to act out what happened. And all of you are involved, okay? You guys good? All right, you're on, I'm going to go sit down. Let's see. Now, if you, if you, as you watch, feel free to like note things that are off, like just not how you really thought it should be. All right. So this, we'll get to that. All right. So go ahead, guys. You're, you're up. He's, why is, he's a penguin. Wait, there's a long, there's a long travel. Uh, yeah. We left the camels outside. We've come to worship baby Jesus. We have brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Yeah, I have a, I, that's, that's, <laughs> all right. Would you like to say it? yes? Okay. All right. Um, so my bad. Um, I, you guys forgot to take oh, your gifts. Oh, oh, there we go. So, you know, let's try this again. We're going to do a, a second take. Now, go ahead back to your places. Places. All right, so... Tell me just a little bit of what you feel like. I mean, to me, I wasn't convinced I was really there. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't feel like I was immersed in the moment. And so anything that didn't really seem right to you? How'd they know how to get there? Yeah, the star's not moving. Yeah, the star's not moving. So, yeah. What? Yeah, the, the, the distance traveled, it didn't feel like 900 miles to me, but blessing. I don't want my 900 miles, but blessing. What? Where is Joseph? Yeah, very true, very true. Yeah, well, I'm right here. I can be up, I can be up by Mary. That's all good. Let's just see how this goes, all right? So let's try it again. So we got the stars not moving. That was a problem. The distance was too short. There's no Joseph. How did you feel about the overjoyed? See, in America, we're always underjoyed. Like, watch this. Say overjoyed. Oh, there you go. I heard it, man. All right, that was good. So in the Greek, that word overjoyed is like humongous rejoicing, right? That's what it is. Like leaping type of things, don't you think? Like, I feel like that is what's going on. So anyway, the overjoyed is a little rough. All right, hey, Mary. All right. All right, you guys are on. Take two. All right, go on. Come, come this way. I, I'm a star. Now the star's talking? That sounds like, that sounds like a horse. I think they know what camels are. They're, they're American. We have traveled from afar to worship Jesus and give you gifts. We're so happy! 
We have frankincense, or gold. And myrrh. And we present them to you and uh, the king of the Jews. All right, all right, give it up for these guys. All right, now, stay where you're at, stay where you're at. Okay. That was pretty decent. That was pretty decent. Galloping camels. This is good stuff. Like, but we don't know if they were on camels. They could have been on horses, right? We don't know. Okay, um, now, this, so go back to your spots. Go back to your spots. No, leave the gifts here. Yeah, you probably need the mic, though. All right, so here's what I'm going to say. There's a... I feel as though if we were to rewind and be back there ourselves and we were to reflect, like, imagine this. Today, I don't know who you came here to see, all right? Maybe there's somebody that you're kind of sweet on that's here that you want to see, right? I don't know. Does anybody see that, say that anymore? No one says that anymore? But you know what I mean. Um, I mean, yeah, just own it. So maybe you're here for somebody else. Maybe you're here to meet other people, friends or whatever. But I don't know about you, but I think that a lot of it is coming together to meet God and to worship him, right? So in a way, the way that we are approaching this service, the way that we're coming to Jesus today is kind of like a metaphor and illustration of what they did. And if you were to rewind and say, okay, so what is our attitude when we come? I think that sometimes um, the story of, and Sarah has told me that this is a bad idea, but I think it's a great idea. And um, that the story of, the, of this Christmas moment really could be a little different and it probably reflects this us a little bit better if I, if I could be so bold as to have rewritten it a little bit, all right? So now I'm gonna read this to you and now this is what we're gonna have to figure out on the fly, so get ready, guys. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. That's why you're supposed to be moving, all right? So then, when the, they saw the star, they were like, okay. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they stood there and looked at them. At that point, it got awkward. One magus, that's singular for magi, all right? It might be pronounced magus or magus. Anybody have a preference? We'll go with magus. All right, one magist gave a little of what he had in his wallet. Another claimed that this was the beginning of the New Testament, and since Jesus was on the scene, he didn't need to give any gifts to God anymore. That's a very, very astute magus. All right, the third mumbled about how tight things were back home, so he was afraid to give anything because he needed to hold on to everything he had. And the fourth magus didn't know there was a gift exchange, so he didn't bring anything. He just waited around until it was time to go. All right, so... We have the star still in the story. We have the magi, um, and there was a fourth magi, so I need, there we go, all right. He was just waiting for it, man. He's ready to go. So he's the fourth guy. Bring that up, Hannah, one more time. So we got one, one magi that basically says, um, he just gives a little bit in his wallet. Who's got a wallet? Anybody got a wallet? Okay, good, Donovan, you'll be that guy. Um, we got another claim that this would be, who wants to make the religious excuse? Aaron, good job. All right, and we got one guy who said that things were a little tight. Okay, Stephen, nice. Yep, yep, very good. All right, you're the fourth mag magus in the back, and you're going to basically see, like, I got nothing, all right? So here we go. You guys are on one last time. Let's see how they do. Do you guys see the star? Oh, yeah, let's go get him. Let's follow him. Okay. Let's go get him. Okay. <laughs> this is... Why are we... Oh, I'm supposed to be up there. We'll get there. 
I'm here, I'm here, sorry. I was at the grocery store. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, the star's moving again. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, well, let's, here, you can step back if you want. Yep, make some room. There they are. Hi, uh, we're the Magi. I'm a Magus, he's a Magus, he's a Magus, and he's also a Magus. And uh, we kind of, sort of brought gifts. Remember the gift exchange? What I have in my wallet is a receipt from Panda Express. We came from there. What did you bring? From um, the Orient, right? Well, technically, this is the New Testament. So now Jesus is here, so he's supposed to give things to us. So um, I'm, I'm getting all that wisdom, and the tuition loans over at um, Israel are a little too high right now. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't bring anything. Oh. <laughs> A little awkward yeah. right now. Thanks for being here, guys. We'll just go. <laughs> All right. So there's a couple of ways to look at this before you guys get off the stage. There's a couple of ways to look at this. Number one, this is completely ridiculous, and why are we doing this? But the other way to look at this is this. Number one, one of the magists gives a little, a Panda Express receipt. One makes a religious excuse, one is afraid to give, and one doesn't even know to give. And so one way to look at this is that it's completely ridiculous. Another way to look at it is say, maybe this is a reflection of what happens today a little bit. And so give it up for these guys as they head out. Thanks guys, literally awesome, amazing. Um, can I get the Magus is to uh, help me with that, just go set that over there and awesome. Great, love it. So now all of a sudden you're like, yeah, it's a giving talk. I came on the wrong Sunday. And that's how I used to be. I mean, I, I was not a giver. I, I didn't really meet Jesus until I was in uh, the summer between seventh and eighth grade. And I wasn't a giver. And um, maybe that's like you today. I don't know. Um, maybe giving is stressful for you. Maybe this time of Christmas is, makes it more stressful because um, you have to, to maybe spend more money or think about it more. And, and I think that that's all real, and I get that. Um, but my prayer is that the Holy Spirit in the next few minutes would just challenge us to take a step from wherever we are to where God is when it comes to giving. And um, I think that Scripture is so, so clear, guys, about that giving is important, that generosity is a thing, that when we are living in the kingdom, when we accept the invitation from Jesus, everything in the kingdom is upside down and backwards. And so we start to think about our finances and our money, and we think about it differently. That's what caused, that's what, that's what defines us as believers, as living in that kingdom. We think about money differently. And so um, I want to just understand that. Why does God basically say generosity is part of who my people are? Why does he say that giving is a thing that we should do? Well, I think one of the biggest things, and simple to keep it simple today, is simply this, is that love gives. Love gives. I mean, I love Sarah, and so I'm 
racking my brain on the Christmas gift to get her because I want her to know that I love her. My kids stress me out. They're getting older. They like, like more expensive toys, right? I'm trying to figure out how can I get them something, create an experience, make some, I don't know, but how can I show them that I love them? This is, this is a way that we show love. Now, this is different than the way a lot of you dated in high school, where you would break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend on February 12th, right? And then you'd, you know, I was like, I don't think this is going to work out. Not going to work out. And then on February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day, you'd get back together and be like, no, maybe we could work it out. You cheapskate. Like, what? Like, why would you do that? That isn't love, right? That isn't love. And we see that God, over and over again, is the example of love that gives. John 3.16, classic. It's at every football game. For God so loved the world that he gave. Romans 5.8, it says this, that, but God demonstrates his love for us. In this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That this is how God demonstrates his love, is that he gives. And even that being true, you see, when we see things in Scripture, this is my hope and my, my heart, is that I want to align myself with what I see. I want to align myself with what Jesus commands. And I want to see what is it that I can adjust in my life and what does God want to tweak in my life so I can become more like him. But, 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 but a lot of you might be saying this. Right? Like, well, I love God, but giving's hard for me. I get it. Believe me, I get it. I'd like to give, my, maybe is what you're saying, but I feel the financial pressure. I get that. I love, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid things are a little tight back home, like Stephen's line. Or maybe I'm just hesitant or reluctant to give. I get that. And everything that you're kind of imagining, all the different, all the math that you're doing, everything that you're thinking about is all in your own head. And so I'm going to push us to a very well-known passage in Proverbs that we, we've heard a lot, but we often don't read all the way through. It's Proverbs chapter 3. It starts in verse 5. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So trust, woo, that's a rough word. Trust in who? Trust in your own mind, trust in your own heart, trust in your own knowledge, intelligence, history, thoughts about the future, none of that. In all your ways, trust in the Lord and submit your ways to him. This is great. How many of you guys love getting to um, a, a destination in a very straight line? Do you love that? Like, Flying somewhere is much better than driving somewhere. But do any of you just like to drive aimlessly to get to your destination? No one does. We like straight paths, right? And this is what it says. It's like when you trust in the Lord with all of your heart, that your paths get straighter and they become straight. Let's keep going. This is where we kind of stop, right? But we keep going in this passage and it says this next. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So if I could draw on this, I would draw an arrow from this will bring, like this, not being wise in your own eyes and fearing the Lord and shunning evil, this, that, those first two lines bring health to my body and nourishment to my bones. How many want health and nourishment? That sounds really good. 
This is the word of God to you today. Keep going. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. What happens when um, we don't have barns and vats today, at least not most of us do, but that represents our wealth, that represents our, our income, our ability to, our provision, our ability to provide for ourselves. When we honor the Lord with our wealth, and we give the first fruits of all of our crops, of what we have as income, when we have increased, we give our first fruits to God, then what he says is that we will be, our provision will be overflowing, and the blessings will be overflowing. This is the picture that I want. I think that this would be the picture that you would want too. But it is so, so hard. On one hand, I just said that some of us are saying today, like, I'm a little bit afraid. I don't really know. I'm not really sure. I'm a little bit hesitant. I'm, I'm kind of holding back. I think it's an Old Testament thing. It's not a New Testament thing. And yet, Scripture says, and this applies in so many ways to so many areas of our life, that do not be wise in your own eyes, but to lean and trust in the Lord with all of your heart. First fruits, the, where, that, where that term comes from, that's a really important term. First fruits is used throughout scripture. This is not about the leftovers. This is not about the seconds. This is not about giving God whatever we have, happen to have on hand, like that one Magus did, where he's like, ah, you know what, I got a little something in my wallet. It's actually being intentional about it, being strategic about it, thinking through. And they traveled, the Magi traveled 900 miles. You don't make that trip without planning without thinking about what you're going to bring to Jesus when you bow before him. At that moment, you're there, you've been th thinking about this and waiting for centuries through prophecies to see this moment happen. You're not going to show up with nothing. You're going to show up with something. You're going to be intentional and strategic about your giving, and it's no different for us. Malachi says that the first fruits and the tithe is something that we worship God with. In chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. Did you hear that? Test me in this, God says. And he says, And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Some of you right now, you're sitting in this room, and you have what you think is all that you need. You have a beautiful house, a beautiful car, you have a bank account, you have savings. You're able to be able to say, you know what, I've got what I need. And I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't seen nothing yet. You've settled. You've settled. You've settled not only on what, on what you have, but on what you can bring into the storehouse. You've settled for less than what God wants to bring. Now, I'm not saying you're gonna have a million dollars. I'm not gonna say, but I'm gonna say you're gonna have provision like no other. You're gonna have blessing like no other time in your life. When you follow the word of God and see what it says. Now, it's an Old Testament thing, I get that, but Jesus throws down, Matthew 23, 23. He says this, he says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites, you give a tenth of your spices. They were tithing. Mint, dill, and cumin. But you, you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter, justice, mercy, and faithfulness, without neglecting the former. 
So Jesus doesn't say, hey, you know what? I'm here now. You don't need to worry about the tithe. He's saying, don't neglect that, but make sure that you bring the kingdom qualities to the table. Bring justice, mercy, and faithfulness, and don't neglect the tithe. This is what Jesus says, but, but maybe you're on the flip side, and you're saying, I don't have a lot. I, I have barely anything, and I don't really think that I can really make much of a difference with what I have. It would be silly for me to tithe on my, you know, student job income. It would be silly. Um, well, I mean, Jesus throws down again where he sees a bunch of people with his disciples there. He sees these people, these rich, giving to the temple out of their wealth. And he says, that. he says, these have given out of their wealth. And then he sees a, a widow just give a couple of pennies. And he says, but this one, this one gave everything she had. And Jesus underscores the fact that she gave more than the wealthy. You see, if you don't have a lot of money, did you know that you can outgive the rich? You can, out, you can outgive the rich that might be in this room or elsewhere in this world that are holding on to it, and you can give out of what you have, the little that you have. And Jesus said, you, you're giving more than the rich. The, the, the size of your gift does not matter. The, the, the comparison game is a, is a trap, and you want to avoid trusting in your intelligence, trusting in your comparison, trusting in your own ways, in your own wisdom, but instead rely on the wisdom of God. Um, you see, the big idea this week is this. I, and I want you to make this a mantra, if you dare, is I will bring my first and my best and trust God to bless the rest. <laughs> it rhymes. Rhymes for a reason. Hopefully you can write that down, remember it. I will bring my first and my best and trust God to bless the rest. 